Baines Plus One. You're listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines, the show where each week I have one notable guest and delve into their lives like Catherine Ryan delving into chips and gravy. This week, I had the brilliant comedian Lauren Patterson. We talked about being in comedy finals, supporting Catherine Ryan on tour, and all of her comedy goals. Enjoy! This show is originally recorded on Hoxton Radio. Baines Plus One. Hoxton Radio. It's Baines Plus One on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines. She's here. It's Lauren Patterson. Hello. <laughs> she is wearing... What well, What did Joe Jacobs, the comedian, call you recently with oh, in this? He described me as a majestic sea creature. <laughs> majestic. That gives you a small idea about what my guest looks like. <laughs> it's, it's this sort of green-blue sequined jacket. It's like, it's like a mermaid, but in a jacket. <laughs> it's like a mermaid, but the top half. You're like a weird reverse of a mermaid. Lauren Patterson, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. How are you? What I'm have you been good. up to? I've been moving house, which is <laughs> not what I expected to do six weeks after I moved to London. <laughs> and also a f- only a few weeks before Christmas. Oh, I know. It is such an upheaval. But it should be fine. Get settled in and then disappear for two weeks. And you're not going to have a mattress, is this right? No, I am sleeping on the floor because my <laughs> new room doesn't have a bed, which is exciting. So I took a bed frame over last night that a friend had spare, but I don't have... Um, well, I have a mattress to pick up, but I don't have any way of transporting this mattress. So if anyone can help me get a mattress <laughs> from Hampstead to Walthamstow, that would be smashing. There you go. I can give you £10 and half a bottle of gin because that is... <laughs> That's quite a good offer. That's what I have right now. So if anyone is listening, please tweet in <laughs> and you can help us transport a mattress. Now, people might have noticed from your accent yes. that you're maybe not from around here. Not, no. Where are you from originally? I'm from the north. I'm from Newcastle. <gasps> that mysterious place. The, the grim, grim lands of Newcastle. No, I love it. I, I miss it a lot. It is. It is a wonderful place. One of those places you don't realise quite how good it is till you leave and you're like, oh, it's actually... It's actually quite nice up there, but so are you missing it? I miss it a lot. I miss I miss proper chips. Proper like the chips. Chi- the chippy chips are not the same down here. I mean, I'm sorry on behalf of London <laughs> and the surrounding Issue areas. A public apology. <laughs> Why are they not proper? What is wrong about they chips in London? Taste like, I think it's because I'm used to having chips like at the beach, like proper chippy chips, and these just taste like oven chips. And I'm like, nah, you ain't doing it right. Not so they right. need to be deep fried. Prop covered in batter. That Cr- is. <laughs> oh, covered in batter. <laughs> Battered deep fried well, chips. I asked for okay. scraps on my chips the other day and he was like, scraps. And I was like, yeah, yeah, can I have just some scraps? And he was like, I've literally got no idea what you're on about. And I was yeah, like, I don't know batter, what like a sprinkle of batter on your chips. And he was a like, sprinkle of you want batter. batter on your chips. And I was no. like, scraps. He, he looked like I was mental. <laughs> peri peri sprinkle, maybe. Batter is. Batter. batter is a game changer. What, just little bits? Yeah, like all the scraps of batter that's come off the fish and they put it on your chips, scraps. And gravy, is oh, that a thing? Great. that Chips and gravy, chips and cheese and gravy. Chips and cheese and gravy and batter. Catherine Ryan introduced me to (laughs) chips and cheese and gravy. And I have never looked back. (laughs) That is a heart attack in a cardboard box. In a sub. Um, So, because you've been working with Catherine Ryan on her tour. Yeah, she is lovely. And I am very grateful that she let me come and put her in front of her audiences. (laughs) So we're going to obviously talk about that a bit more. But paint the picture for us. Where did she introduce you to chips? It was Middlesbrough, of all places, after a gig in Middlesbrough, and we went for a drink, and she was quite hungry, and she was like, 
oh, I think I'm going to get some chips and cheese. And I was like, good shout. And then she went, and gravy. And everything just seemed to go in slow motion for a second. <laughs> I was like, hang on. This Whoa. is this is not something I've encountered before. It was, but apparently it's a Canadian thing, like poutine. Oh. And, and is this pre-gig or post-gig? Oh, that's post-gig, yeah. yeah. Okay. But that sounds like post-gig It was an eye-opener. <laughs> wine and chips and cheese and gravy. That is... <laughs> That is the way to end a gig. And do you pour the wine in as well, or do you just keep that in the oh, glass? Oh, that's like, like a chaser on the side. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like gravy soup. Pretty and is it much. thick gravy? Oh, it's got to be thick gravy, yeah. yeah. Like, if they could put gravy from the Chinese on chips from the chippy, like, that would just be the dream, the absolute dream. Wow. Well, at least it's lunchtime, so we're not making people feel too hungry <laughs> at the wrong sort of time of day. Well, um, I'm afraid we don't have any chips and gravy for you, Lauren. Shame. But I do have a quick fire round for you. Ooh, lovely. Have you ever been in a quick fire situation previously? I have not, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, get ready. We will see what happens. So I'm going to give you two options and you have to pick one. Okay. It's going to be really quick and I'm going to do intense eyes at you. Intense eyes. <laughs> to make you faster. Lovely. It might be quite a stressful situation. So much pressure. Here we go. Lauren Patterson, it's your quick fire round. Tea or coffee? Tea. Facebook or Twitter? Twitter. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Acting or comedy? Comedy. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Newcastle or London? Newcastle. <gasps> Car or train? Train. Catherine Ryan or Stuart Francis? Catherine Ryan. Pen or pencil? Pencil. Ant or deck? Ant. <gasps> half empty or half full? Half full. TV or radio? TV. Ketchup in the cupboard or in the fridge? Cupboard. Adventurous or cautious? Cautious. Jaffa cakes, cakes or biscuits? Yeah, that's a hard one. Kicks. <laughs> you passed. Although I really enjoyed what happened to your face at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it was like you were trying to say cakes and biscuits at the everything same time. Just into one. I was like, that's yeah. a bit of everything. It was like the gravy chips moment, oh. I imagine. Um, now you picked Ant over no deck. Not Ant. You I'm picked very, Ant I'm over very deck. Passionate about this. My mum prefers deck, but I'm very loyal to Ant. Why? Why? Just all all through the years, I've always been. Always been team and you've always been. Always been team. Ant. I'm I'm team deck. Oh, you're with my mum then. She Look, loves sell them. sell Ant to me. Come on. I think I don't know if it's maybe the forehead. Okay. Like it just opens up his face and I can see. Mm. <laughs> he does but. have. He wears an excellent sort of zip up navy yeah. jacket. I think deck's more cheeky, whereas I think Ant's more like I hate the word, but like banter, and I quite like that. If you had to. Um, be best friends with one of them would it be Ant? definitely Ant if you had to date one of them definitely Ant would it? I think okay. maybe I just secretly fancy Ant I think maybe. this is what's, what's happening here you see I think I'd date Ant because he ke- seems more sensible and yeah. a bit down to earth but still fun <laughs> whereas I'd be mates with Deck because I think Deck. he'd be fun on a night out yeah I'd love to go on a night out with them I bet they are brilliant on a night out <laughs> Aren't they from near you? Yeah, they're from Newcastle. Yeah. But in Newcastle, like, you can't go... It's a bit like mice. You can't go, like, two feet without someone being like, oh, aunt is my cousin's sister's dog's best friend's babysitter. And you're like, yeah, of course, of course he is. <laughs> well, is, isn't it strange that you've never met them then? I know. If I everyone's really related. Odd. I th- they once When they did Alien Autopsy, that fabulous, fabulous movie. <laughs> they, oh, my God, I forgot about by. that. Because I walked past the cinema and they were doing their little... It's not a preview. When is the film, is it? What's it called? Premiere. Premiere, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was close, but... I mean, how close have you been to Ant and Deck? In Se- metres. Several metres. 
several. Like I could see the, the glow of his forehead, but couldn't quite touch it. That yeah, is, or that smell is the it. Or smell it. Oh no. Oh, when people like. meet <laughs> famous people, I always say, "What do they smell like?" And people think I'm strange, but I, I would, yeah. I smell people. Oh, I, I've never, never thought of that. You smell quite flowery. Oh, thank you. That's no good. worries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got a few more questions. You can take a bit more time with these. What's the one thing you couldn't live without? My phone. I am okay. such a little child of the 21st century. I'm, I think I'm borderline addicted to it. It's quite bad, but I think it's because, especially with doing comedy, like I always feel the need to like put stuff on Twitter and put stuff on Facebook. So is, is it social media? I'm quite. I think it's more. If my phone didn't have social media, I don't. I think I could live without my phone. But I think because it's all on there now, that I'm just like, if I lost my phone, I'd be like, I've lost a limb. That is. That is how bad so you're is. addicted to chips and you're addicted to <laughs> social media. Baines plus one. It's Baines plus one on Hoxton Radio with me, Samantha Baines. My fab guest is here, like a sparkly, majestic sea creature, <laughs> as Jojo has called her. It's Lauren Patterson. Hello, I'm still, still, still sparkling in the corner. She's still sparkling with her tea, and it's time for our interview proper. Ooh. Yeah. Is this going to be intense, intense eyes as well? Mm, oh, always the intense <laughs> eyes. I've just put mascara on, so they're ready. Um, no, this is delve deeper into your life and comedy career. So, uh, stand-up comedian, we know you as. Yeah. How did that all start for you? How did you get into comedy? Kind of just fell into it. It's weird. I wasn't one of these kids who was like, I want to be the centre of attention, which I think is how... Some people venture into comedy, but... Um, I mean, that's what happened with me. <laughs> I used to do shows for my parents. Yeah. Dancing shows. <laughs> In the living room. Yeah. Emerging from the curtains. Mm. Like, I've always loved drama and I went to like this little youth theatre in Newcastle and they started some uh, comedy workshops for like the kids and I didn't do it, but then I did my work experience at the theatre and I remember watching them and I was like, I could totally do that. I could definitely do that. So I signed up for it the next time round and really enjoyed it. But I was only like 15, so I was like, you can't be a comedian when you're 15. So I just didn't really pursue it. And then um, there's this competition called So You Think You're Funny? And that's for people 18 or over. So as soon as I turned 18, I was like, well, I'll just do that. I'll just get myself a bit of stage time and do that. And then I got put through to the semi-finals and I'd done like, what, one gig? And I was like, oh, well, this is not what I... I just did this for stage time. And then it all kind of just spiralled from there because it gave us a massive kick up the bum to be like, well, you're going to have to get some more gigs, Lauren, because mm. uh, this is quite important. So it really spurred things into, into action from then. Oh, but it's pretty good to get to the semi-finals after doing one gig. Yeah, I do kind of wish I'd waited. Because <laughs> <laughs> maybe I could have got a bit further if I'd hung off a year and this is like, what now I'm ready. <laughs> everyone says, though, every comedian yep. that I have on the show is like, I wish I waited to do all the competitions exactly. until you're ready. But when you're young, you're just like, oh, yeah, I'll just do it. Yeah, exactly. It'll be fun. Yeah, I was like, oh, well, I don't know how to do comedy now. I'd looked at, I knew about this competition and when I looked I was like they're doing a heat in Newcastle brilliant it'll just be I'll just treat it like stage time and I was like oh, oh I didn't expect it to be good <laughs> and you can only enter once can't yeah, you yeah that's one so you can you only do funny. once damnations <laughs> um, but you've you've been in so many other finals we yeah. were in the funny women final together back yes. in 2014 that was a lovely one uh, you came a runner up I did yes that uh, was lovely. Was that your first final? That was my first final, yeah. So I was really chuffed because I didn't have that one the year before and I got to the semis and I got knocked out. And I remember um, all the judges and everyone, everyone at Funny Women was like, you really should try again next year. Like, you're just 
you're just not quite ready sort of thing. They were like, if we put you in the final, you wouldn't have maybe done well. You would have done all right, but you wouldn't have done well. But we think if you come back in a year and if you keep working hard, you've got the potential to do really well. So I really grafted that year, then came back and they were like, oh, we're so pleased you've re-entered. And then I made it to the final and then ended up coming runner up. So I'm actually really grateful that they didn't put us through because mm. I think if they had put us to the final that year, I wouldn't have definitely wouldn't have placed I would have just and that's a great story as well because so many people in their lives will be knocked back and people will be like I'll come back next year and it kind of sounds like a cop out but you you were there to you know on the X Factor when they're like come back next year you're like what (laughs) but you actually went back and then came running up the difference in a year as well was incredible because I was how old was I in 2013 what's that three years ago so I would have been yes. like 19, 18, 19. She's so young. <laughs> <And> I, <was laughs> I feel like your mum here. <laughs> we got your tea. <laughs> but I was still only a year into comedy then, so with another year under my belt, I was much, much better. And I just more con- I remember after the final, Izzy was like, who runs for new women, was like, that is the most confident I've seen you on stage. Like, I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased we kicked you out and broke your dreams a year ago. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. Thanks so much. And you're in the BBC New Comedy Award final as well yeah, on Radio 4. Yeah, that's another one I kept getting knocked back from. I entered that in 2013, which was like my first year of comedy. Again, just, you enter these things because you think, oh, well, I don't really know what to do and competitions seem a good way to get in. And I made it to the, the heats, the regional heats, which was like the top... 70 or 80 from however many hundreds um, but again when you when you watch that which I hope you don't actively look up because I'm sure it's out there somewhere <laughs> like the difference in is from then till now is incredible so I didn't enter the following year because I thought nah I want I want to get better because I know it's such a tough competition that one went for it again in 2015 made the heats again got knocked out came back this year and made it to the final which was which was good. So yeah, amazing like, on Radio Four. Like that. What's that song? Get knocked down, but get back up again. <laughs> I get knocked down. <laughs> yeah, that but I, that's your theme <laughs> that tune. Is the, the anthem to my life. <laughs> <laughs> and you've just been in another final, haven't you? Leicester Square. Yeah. Which is one I've never entered before, with the heats being in London. But because I was in London, I was like, ah, might as well have a pop, see what happens. And again, just. Just have a pop my way into the final. Get through to the final, whatever. <laughs> um, so not only have you been all in all these finals, we as we mentioned, you've supported Catherine Ryan on several of her tour dates, yes. and you've opened for Stuart, Stuart Francis, Francis as well. What was that like? That's kind. Of, that's a very different arena from being in a new act oh, competition. It was nerve wracking because suddenly, literally, arena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it went from doing. I think the biggest venue I'd done was maybe the stand in Newcastle that holds a couple of hundred and that was like the biggest one I'd done and then next thing I'm in like a theatre which is like a thousand seater so it was just so so different but I'm so grateful that she gave us the chance for it she sent me a message she was like how much material have you got and I was like depends what what do you and at the time I would say I had a strong 15 and she went oh I need someone to open for me on tour and um I think it was Middlesbrough. Yeah, because it was the chips and cheese and gravy night. And um, <laughs> somewhere else, Carlisle or Kendall, uh, wherever that is. Were you just like, yeah, yeah, I've got yeah, I've, I've got was 20. Like, I've got all the materials. She was like, yeah, I'd need you to do like 20, 25. I was like, I can do that. I can totally do that. So I had a week to come up with 10 more minutes of new material. <laughs> but to get around it, I just spoke my 15 a little bit slower. <laughs> Did you genuinely do that? Yeah. And, and it worked? And it worked. I think I wrote a couple of new jokes and then just really slowed it down. 
and it really worked. But then that kind of again gave us a kick up the bum to write some new stuff, and it was just before Edinburgh. So obviously, I had got some new stuff over Edinburgh, and I had a much much more material and a much stronger set. So when she came back and was like, do you want to do some on the new tour? I was like, I've actually got 25 this time. Like, <laughs> I won't just be speaking incredibly speak slowly. <laughs> and what, what's it like, a, th- a thousand people laughing compared to 200? Oh, it's, it's amazing because it's so much louder. But then it's also really frustrating because they take longer to laugh and you're like, come on, I've got... When I was doing the 15, I was like, great, if you can just fill this with laughter, that is fine. But then when you've actually got 20 and you're like... Stop laughing, I've got more jokes for you. I don't want to overrun. I mean, that's a nice position to <laughs> yeah. be in. Stop laughing. It was the I need best to tell in Newcastle jokes. doing like my home crowd. It was like almost sold out. It was like over a thousand people. And it was like. And did all your family come and stuff? My mum and dad came, yeah. That must have been really cool. Lovely. That was probably my favourite gig I've ever done. It was just incredible. Because I've gotten to see so many of my favourite comedians do stuff there. And then I was on on the stage and I was like, oh, this is surreal. This is weird. Was it kind of a bit of a kind of goal, life goal, dream moment? Definitely, yeah. I hope you took a selfie. Oh, I wish I had. I forgot. (laughs) Next time, next Next time. time. Next time. Baines plus one. Oh, the lovely Lauren Patterson is with us. Hello. Now, we need to talk about the Edinburgh Fringe. It seems yes. ridiculously early. <laughs> because Just recovered from the last one. Yeah, it's still 2016, but <laughs> yeah. we're talking about the Edinburgh Fringe, which is August 2017. Uh, just, just around the corner. <laughs> so you were at the Fringe last year with your show, yes. Rate Petite. Rate Petite. <laughs> um, and, and that was 45 minutes. And so this year you're going to do your first hour. hour. Yeah, I didn't feel ready to do an hour this year, but I wanted to do something on my own because I think you learn more when you do it by yourself. So I did mm. like a work in progress and was like, here is a lot of ideas and half-baked jokes and <laughs> let's see what works. And then from doing that, I kind of worked out what I wanted to actually do an hour about. So I was like, ah, oh, this has proved to be very handy. But it went very well for you, didn't it? You were it filling the room. Surprisingly and... well, yeah. It was, still, I thought I'd play it with a couple of people every day and I'd be like, nobody has to hear my terrible ill-thought-out jokes and then it was starting to sell out and I was like, this is this is crazy. Like, oh, no, <laughs> I was not expecting this. Now I have to do something good. But <laughs> it was it was lovely. I really enjoyed it. So what is your show going to be about next it's year? It's going to be about not being very ladylike and being being a young woman in the 21st century but not, not fitting into this ideal of being like a prim and proper lady and being particularly... Feminine. <laughs> okay. And being a being a strong, sassy, working class northern woman. Uh, so it, it all started. I got I got told off for swearing in my in my gigs, but uh, I got told off for swearing because it's not nice coming from a woman. And I was like, oh, so I can swear as much as I like if I'm a if I'm a man, but not if I'm a I'm a woman. And they were like, well, it's not ladylike behaviour. And I was like, you've just given me an Edinburgh show. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Was that an audience member? Was that a promoter? It was a promoter. Yeah, of yeah. course it was. <laughs> of course it was. Um, I was I was one. I once won a competition, and um, the person who ran the club that we were in said to all the men that I'd just beaten, uh-huh. I always remember the ones with the big tits. Oh, oh, 
for the compliments. Mm, not that he'd remember me because I was funny and I won the competition, of course. Um, so, so that's a quite good motivation to do an absolutely brilliant hour. It is, yeah. Nothing with lots of swearing. Oh, lots of swearing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it should be good. I think you know people are starting to pay a lot more attention to feminism, and mm. you know it's becoming a much more much more I don't want to say mainstream but you know I think it used to be this thing that was whispered about in the darkness and yeah. now it's like very empowering and a lot of people are bringing it to the to the forefront and Absolutely. this is my little spin on it I'm very excited to see it so uh, we're going to hear more about this and we're also going to do the news and you've written a poem for me You're listening to Baines Plus One with Samantha Baines on Hoxton Radio It's time for the news on Baines Plus One, hence the newsy music. Lauren Patterson with the headlines. No lying around at night. What a sucker. Fat cats make fat notes. One small step for man, one giant penis for mankind. And dead drunk. Those are the headlines. What a, what a mixed bag. <laughs> we have a real mixed bag. These are obviously the alternative news headlines. You won't see these on the BBC later. Uh, no lion around at midnight. Police receive reports of mountain lions at a park in the US. So they set up some cameras to try and detect them. And what they didn't reckon on capturing was a Santa, a gorilla, monsters and a person with a Zimmer frame. So this is the Gardner Police Department in Kansas. They put the cameras up in the park and Lieutenant Lee Kraut said, should I do an accent? It's not impossible for there to be a mountain lion in this area because there have been reports in the past. And the police department... That was quite good, wasn't it? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> oh, thank you. And the police department on uh, Facebook said, we would like to sincerely thank the persons responsible as it made our day when we pulled out what we expected to be hundreds of pictures of coyotes, foxes and raccoons. Thank you to the citizens who noticed the cameras. Your effort and sense of humour are greatly appreciated. <laughs> no mountain lions were spotted. I quite like that. That's that the, nice. I like that the police liked it as well. Bit of a Bit of a sense of humour, yeah. Yeah, and the, uh, who who got together? What neighbourhood watch program got together? And we're like, let's all dress up, <laughs> right, lads? Here's here's the plan. <laughs> and walk past the cameras, and they'll think it's really funny. I know. I I'd be a bit scared doing that. That, that I might get arrested as some sort of you know perverting the course of police time. <laughs> Your mugshot have to be you in a, a gorilla costume <laughs> <laughs> with a Zimmer frame. Yeah. Oh, Americans do have a sense of humour. I mean, look at their president. They look at look at what's happened. <laughs> um, what a sucker! A teenager allowed her. This is horrific. A teenager allowed her drunk boyfriend to cut her arm and drink her blood while discussing vampires, and then she stabbed him Ooh. during an argument. This is Victoria Venata of Springfield, Missouri. We just did said that Americans had a sense of humour. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> she pleaded not guilty on Monday to charges of first-degree domestic assault and armed criminal action in connection with the incident last Wednesday. Uh, her court-appointed public defender declined to comment on the case. But apparently she stabbed her boyfriend in the back and shoulder after he repeatedly hit her during the argument. 
I mean, they shouldn't be together. This is not a, this is not a good relationship. No. And they so the police came, they found a bloodied couple and a heart drawn in blood on the living room wall and I'm sorry scrawled in blood along with the other, another heart Do on they the not kitchen have counter. Pens? What is Oh what is my the goodness. She, uh, apparently this woman told investigators that she routinely cut herself so she could drink her own blood and believe she could become a serial killer. It's not the sort of light-hearted story we normally talk about, but it is strange, and we like to share strange things. Jesus. I mean, Halloween is over. She needs to get on to Christmas. She needs to, she needs to cheer up a bit. Well, she needs to be arrested yeah, if she's on. stabbing people. Um, fat cats make fat notes. Uh, so we've all heard about this. The Bank of England says it's working on potential solutions after it emerged that the new £5 notes contain animal fat. I've written my poem of it, on it this week. A spokesman said they were treating the concerns about the new notes with the utmost seriousness after traces of tallow had only just come to life. The bank said it was working with its supplier to try and find new ways to make the notes. They said, we're aware of some people's concerns about traces of tallow in our new £5 note. We respect those concerns and are treating them with the utmost seriousness. Uh, they said it's only just come to light, though, which I find, like, how did they not yeah. know what was, what going, was in? going in it? Yeah. It's like Mary Berry. <laughs> Always know what you're putting in your recipes. Exactly. It's like I don't like onions, and sometimes when my mom cooks for us, I'll be like, "Mom, there's onions in here," and she's like, "Oh, I, oh, I didn't mean to put them in." I'm like, "You did. You just wanted me to eat onions. That's exactly what you're doing." Yeah, you thought you'd get away with it. <laughs> that's what the Bank of England have maybe done. Um, no, lots of people are quite angry about this because tallow is derivative from animal fat, usually beef. Vegetarians and vegans aren't very pleased, and also some religious groups who see cows as sacred and avoid beef, don't want to use the um, £5 notes either. So a petition has been launched and apparently it's got more than 100,000 signatures. What do you think, Lauren? Would you use the £5 notes? Uh, say I'm not like vegetarian or vegan, but I can understand why people are are angry about it because they go all these lengths to like not eat meat and not use animal products and then they find out that their purse is one of them. Yeah. Is- and apparently tallow is like a grease and it's only used so the notes don't stick to anything so it's not even get a bit of margarine on there (laughs) (laughs) great soya margarine (laughs) (laughs) one small step for man one giant penis for mankind Um, so people are quite confused about this ancient fertility symbol or a giant penis Um, apparently it, it was it's appeared on a golf course in Hampshire and it's so large, this shape, it can be seen from space showing up on a satellite image of the golf course. Um, there was speculation that it was caused by aliens and it was a sort of crop circle thing. But now people think that, that people might have just got in and, and kind of dug it out. <laughs> we think someone used a spade to dig it out. Sean Hall, head of golf professional at the Hilton, told the Evening Times. When we were made aware of it, we decided the best way to correct it without ruining the grass was to wait for it to grow out on its own. <laughs> I love that they didn't even correct it. Just, it'll, by the summer, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think this is another tactic to stop women playing golf? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just put one of these on and it'll sway them. No, we'll do everything now. You can't stop us with your penis dugouts. Dead drunk. Uh, a man who was pronounced dead after drinking too much on a night out woke up in a morgue. 
Jeez. and then went back to the pub. <laughs> so this is in Poland, and we spoke about this uh, similar story last year, I think it was. Uh, yeah, someone in Russia this happened to. He died after drinking so much vodka at a party, woke up in the morgue, then went back to the party in Russia. It's happened again. He was a 25-year-old man named Kamel, or Camille. Um, he briefly died. Uh, apparently a guard at the hospital heard strange noises coming from the morgue, opened the door, find a naked corpse asking for a blanket. God. And he went back to the pub. What do you think, is, Lauren? Have you ever been so drunk? That is kind of man. This is who I want to go on a night out with. Okay. Nothing stops the party. Not even, <laughs> not even your own death. Your own death. <laughs> Just pop back and get a pint. How scary must that have been, though, to wake up in a morgue? That would be terrifying. That would be the kind of thing that my mates would do to me as a prank, though, and I'd wake up and be like, oh, lads, oh, I see what you've done here, and then I'd look around and be like, nope, definitely actually in the morgue. <laughs> so, hopefully he was still a bit drunk at that point and yeah. didn't really take in his surroundings otherwise that is something you'd never forget oh, is it Baines plus one poem of the week it is time for poem of the week on Baines plus one with me Samantha Baines and the lovely Lauren Patterson you're going to do a poem for me, aren't you? I am, which I have definitely written. In <laughs> She's going to No, I'm excited that you're going to improvise a poem. It's it gives a certain drama and tension to proceedings. I have written my poem on uh, the overground on the way here as I always do. And I'm just, you know, it's got six likes already on WordPress. <laughs> Hashtag just saying. And a comment. So um, if, if you want to check out my poems, you can go to samanthabaines.wordpress.com and all the ones from the previous weeks are there as well. So I've written mine about the uh, the animal products in the £5 notes. Lauren, shall I go first? Yes, I'll let you go first. Come on then. It's called No Vegan Money Here. So if you're a vegan, you can't eat meat. You can't even have cheese and biscuits as a treat. But now you also can't spend any cash. You'll have to bring your credit card to the next Christmas bash. You see, our new £5 notes contain tallow, which is animal fat. I know, right? Fancy that. No matter your preference, you shouldn't be eating money. Not only will it give you a dodgy tummy, it'd be one expensive meal. A bowl full of fivers is no boots meal deal. But vegans are against using animals and their produce full stop. You can even buy vegan shoes at the shop. The Bank of England are taking the fatty discovery seriously. It might have entered the ingredients mysteriously. Apparently the issue has only just come to light. But surely you'd check the ingredients list was all right before you print loads of money like thousands and billions and then piss people off in their millions. Tallow is essentially grease. So just remove it to keep the peace. We don't want your greasy animal fat notes. I want one that's lactose free and rolled in oats. It's my poem. And I managed to get in that I'm lactose intolerant, which I do in a lot of my poetry. Um, so, there, so there we go. Mine was about the new £5 note. What have you written brilliant. yours about? Mine is Mine. thoughts that are in my head. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Improvised poetry. Yeah. I love the title. Here we go. Thoughts, thoughts that, that are in my head I'm by Lauren Pussin. I need like a berry and a little bongo drum. It's London, why are you so busy? I do not like water still. I like it fizzy. My jacket is sparkly and covered in glitter. I wish I knew how to contour to make my face look fitter. 
Tonight in London, I have to sleep on the floor because I can't pick up a mattress and carry it to my front door. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> that's great. And I love that you read it a bit like spoken word. Yeah, that's, as well. the, that's the vibe I was getting, definitely. Pick up my mattress. It was great. <laughs> I'm just so talented. Have you written any poetry previously? I, when I was 10, and s- someone reminded us of the other day because she took a picture and sent it to us, I wrote a poem about jelly babies and how they were sad that people were biting off their heads. Oh. And it got published in like this little, you know, like school poetry thing and this girl took a picture of it and she was like, is this your poem? And I was like, nope. No, that's definitely not mine because it was really weird. I was like, oh, God. So you're a published poet. Yeah, I'm about the, the Jelly Babies army. Yeah. Are you going to start writing poetry for your stand-up? You could include it in the show. I think I should. I think it's definitely my calling. I think I might just have a poetry segment. Definitely. I love a bit of rhyme. <laughs> rhyme makes everything sound better. Exactly. People are like, oh, that's so witty because it rhymes. Yeah, doctors should give you bad news now just in the form of like a limerick. That would... Mm. That wouldn't be so hard to take. Or a Shakespearean it? rhyming couplet. Yeah. It has to fit to iambic pentameter, <laughs> or you can't do it. Um, I was going to try and rhyme something with cancer then, but I thought that's too far. That Let's is, that not. That's a tricky one. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever, are there any, when you're doing stand up, are there any, do you ever talk to the audience and are, are there any awkward things that sometimes you're like, just go back? Yeah. Just don't talk to them anymore. Oh, I wish. Like, I definitely I used to have it as well when I worked on a till in um, I'll not name the shop but in a shop and I used to try and be chatty with people and it was um, Father's Day so lots of people were buying like smellies for boys and like cologne and stuff and I was just doing the standard oh is that for your dad is that for your dad and I wasn't I was just getting in the habit of saying it and then this one lad came to the till and I went oh is that a present for your dad and he looked at it as really weird and then I looked what he was buying and it was just a packet of condoms and I was like, oh, God, I just got so stuck in the habit of being like, ha-ha, is that for your dad? Because everybody was buying, like, aftershave and stuff, and he was the one person who hadn't. And I was like, I'm very sorry. I'm the one person sorry. who didn't want to be a father <laughs> yeah. or think about fatherhood that day. That's brilliant. I mean, that should be in the show. <laughs> Lauren's awkward encounters on <laughs> checkout. I love it. Um, we'll be back with more from Lauren. I'll, I'll, I'll make her think of some more awkward encounters because I'm liking these. Uh, that was our poem of the week. Poem of the week. Baines plus one. I've got the very lovely Lauren Patterson with me in the studio. Hello, hello. <laughs> from Newcastle. From the from the tune. Um, so how long have you been living in London now? I moved here at the start of September, so coming up to like three months, which is three months longer than I expected to live in London. <laughs> and is there anything you've discovered living in London that you didn't expect before you moved down? I do like your public transport. Ooh. I do. Like, you are very speedy and quick. I like that. Like the in, tube. In Newcastle, you get to the bus stop and you've just missed a bus and you're like, I've got to wait 15 minutes. And then, <laughs> you know, you miss a tube in London. I'm like, oh, there'll be one in seven seconds. It's fine. So I do. I am a fan of that. Yeah, um, Londoners get quite bad, though, if we have to wait any more than, like, three minutes. Yeah, but I had this the other day. I I went um, for a tube and I just missed it, and it was, like, the Piccadilly line, so it was a little bit less regular, and I saw there wasn't one for four minutes, and I went and, like, tutted, and I was like, Lauren, it's four minutes. Like, be patient. Back home, you'd be waiting 
a lot longer than that. Yeah, anywhere, like if you're at an overground rail station, yeah. if it's four minutes, you'd be like, oh, great, just in time. Exactly. <laughs> but on the tube, you're like, oh, for God's this sake. This is the worst, my day is ruined. <laughs> what am I going to do for four whole minutes on this tube platform? And then you pick up a discarded newspaper. Paper, right. and just have a nice time. Um, you, have you found that the comedy scene in London is different from up north? Totally different. I feel like there's a lot more sort of like open mic and like newcomer gigs so there's a lot of place to go and like find your feet and find new stuff where it's not really that up north we've got like a sort of like proper gigs like places at the stand and that and it's a bit more of a struggle I would if you want to do new stuff you have to do new stuff at a big night mm. like that so when I was doing new material I would do it at Red Raw at the stand which still sells out so there's like two, three hundred people there. My Whereas gosh. if you want to test new stuff in London, it's like, here is six people and the promoter yeah. in the back of a pub. You can definitely find gigs <laughs> with no one there. Which is kind of good in a way because there's always... I do like how you can gig every night of the week in London. That's really, really useful. But I do find it a much different, like, in terms of, like, audiences and stuff. So, so different. But I'm, I'm enjoying it. So what was it like to try new material in front of 200 people? Has it made you sort of vet it a bit more before you say it out Definitely, loud? Definitely, because um, you, can, you can never really have a bad gig at the stand, in my opinion, because it's such a lovely club and the audience are so lovely and so friendly, whereas I think it can almost give you a bit of a... I was talking about this with an actor that I did at Leicester Square, actually. Like, it can give you a little bit of a false sense of faith in your material because you do it and you're like, this is ready for the club already. <laughs> and then you might do it on a weekend and they don't laugh and you're like oh, they were just 200 drunk students who were like, she can say anything and it's funny. Whereas I do kind of prefer the London way because if it's not funny, they won't laugh. And sometimes that's what you what you need, to be honest. You so do you think London told. audiences are harder? I think so, definitely. I think sometimes they look a little bit like they didn't want to come to comedy. It feels like... <laughs> like you forced them. Yeah, you sort of come out and it feels like they finished work, gone to the pub and they're like, oh, well, there's comedy on, so we might as well just stay. Whereas I think up north, people specifically choose to go out and see it and it's like a big night out for them. Whereas this is like, oh, I was just having a drink in the pub and you happened to be here. But... I've I think it's good. It's really good. It's harder to win over, but that makes it more rewarding, I think, because then you know your material's good. And are you? do you find it difficult looking at an audience? Do you always pick out the one person who's not laughing? Oh, I'm so bad for that. Like, I can have, like, say a room of 30 and 29 of them will be laughing and I'll look at the one person who's sitting with their arms crossed and I'll be like, they hated us. They all hated us. I'm terrible. And it's like, no, it's just one. One out of 30 is not a bad statistic. (laughs) Do you have any top tips? Obviously, you've been in the finals of all these competitions. We're going to see you on panel shows very soon. Um, (laughs) Do you have any top tips for young comedians who might be listening or people thinking of starting comedy? Not necessarily young, but young in their comedy career. Um, I would definitely say I've noticed a big difference since I've come to London, just being able to gig more often. Um, like even if it is just little open mic nights or new act nights just getting the stage time and, and gigging as much as possible like I've improved already so much since since September which is incredible so I would definitely say you don't have to move to London but just make sure you gig as much as possible and keep busy and if you yeah, if you are doing new material at a lovely busy night and it lands maybe don't be like yeah well it's definitely bulletproof like maybe <laughs> test it at a couple of other quieter tougher places and then you might get a, a, a proper reflection of it <laughs> and what do you think is the biggest thing you've learned so far in your comedy career 
um, that you didn't know when you started? Oh, the biggest thing I've learned is that everyone's going to have an opinion, but you don't necessarily have to listen to that. Like, <laughs> yeah, good. From the start, if somebody told me I wasn't good, I'd be like, well, that's it, I'm not good. But now I'm like, well, no, it's a very subjective thing. And as long, I think as long as you've got faith and the people you're, you know, if, if your comedy colleagues are also turning around being like, mate, that's rubbish, then, then maybe it is. But, you know, if it's egg5792 on Twitter, like, he's probably, he probably doesn't care. He probably isn't important. <laughs> so just have faith in yourself. Just have faith in yourself. And there's always going to be somebody who wants to pipe up and tell you you're rubbish. And, oh, I don't think you're funny. And I'm like, well, I don't think you're funny. So great. I'm glad we have a mutual understanding <laughs> yeah, of each other. <laughs> excellent. And what's the kind of comedy dream for you? Where would you love to I be? I want to be a full-time comic who doesn't have to have a day job. Because at the minute I do a little bit of weight return to like keep my, keep my earnings topped up and stuff. But... The dream is to not have to have a day job and just completely be a comedian. And I'd love to one day be able to like do a little tour of my own and actually have people who specifically come out to see you rather than like, mm. oh, there's a support act. Oh, God, we didn't want to see her. <laughs> it would be nice for people to come and see me. And then when my support act comes on, they're like, oh, God, we didn't want a support act. We wanted to see Lauren. <laughs> that is, that's the dream. I can <laughs> see that happening. Oh, fingers crossed. And is there a venue that you're like, I've always wanted to perform there. I can't um, wait until I can perform there. Well, or, or I'd like to do a proper weekend at the Comedy Store in Manchester. That would be nice. Not London. I've done I've done my tra- a first trial in London and that went well and I've got a second 10-minute trial. So that's exciting. But I think, yeah, doing a proper weekend at either of those would be amazing. But I think that's a little a little way off, but it's something to, to work to. Yeah, it's good to have goals. Definitely. And have you have you found it strange in your career? Because you are quite young yes. for a comedian. I'm 22. I'm just a baby. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that people treat you differently? Yeah, I get... I think I get very looked after. Um, everybody, especially with it being quite male-dominated, mm. all the men, I think, see us as their little sister. And then all the women kind of mother is, which is fine by me. I've had so many roast dinners off people. <laughs> Great. And, oh, drinks bought for us. Oh, no, you put your money away, love, when all you're a student and you're skint. And I'm like, that is correct. <laughs> so I've been very, very babied and very spoilt, but I love it. I'm very looked after. It is great. And so exciting as well that you're you're only 22 and you've still got your whole career exactly. kind of ahead of you and you're already, already finalist. Doing all and, right, yeah. yeah. I could just have a couple of years off and then pick back up again. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds lovely. <laughs> just go on a little holiday. You can have your gap year. Oh, yes. Go, go find myself in Thailand and then write an Edinburgh show about it. <laughs> Baines Plus One. Hoxton Radio. Oh, Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines and Lauren Patterson. We're having great chats off air. Yeah, we've had great chats on it too. Up, yeah, <laughs> just catching up about the world of comedy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having us. So, where can we see you next? Where can we come next. and see you live? Well, I am running off back up north for Christmas, but like into like January, I am doing the Comedy Store in London on the fifth of January. Amazing, uh, which should be lovely. That should be nice. And where else am I popping up? Uh, Angel Comedy, which is lovely. It's Even when one. I'm not on, that is a brilliant night every night of the week. So you should definitely head there. And it's a new venue as yeah, well, Yeah, the it? Bill Murray Pub, which is the Such best name a for a name. pub ever. Did you see the photo where people were like, is it Bill Murray or is it yeah, Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks. 
But I think they should have that with the pub. They should. That would be like a little sort of hologram kind of. Yeah. That would be lovely. Dual name. You can call it the Bill Murray or the Tom Hanks. The Bill Hanks. There we go. <laughs> and then um, we can come and see you next year in Edinburgh In Edinburgh, as well. yes. That would be lovely if you came and saw my debut hour. And I'd imagine I'll be previewing it in in London and the months building up to it so if you want to keep an eye oh, out for that that would be lovely do you know what it's called yet? I have an idea I'm thinking of calling it Lady Muck I think that would be quite nice. quite nice but that is very much subject to, to change a million times between now and the brochure deadline <laughs> yeah because you've got quite a few months ah, so. got a little, little bit of time to, to panic got time you've got time and where can we find you on the social medias because you said you couldn't live without them earlier yes i am on twitter which is at lauren patterson and then i have a facebook page which i put all of my my gigs on because i get creeped out when people try and have me on facebook i'm like who are you why do you want to see my life um (laughs) so that is lauren patterson comedy on facebook and then if you want to see just lots of selfies and pictures of my dinner, then I am Lauren underscore Patterson on Instagram. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to see that? Exactly. Is your dinner mainly chip and gravy it's based? mainly cheese based, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I'm lactose intolerant, so I won't oh, be able I to look at that. I could not live without that. I'll be envious. <laughs> cheese envy. <laughs> thank you so much for coming thank on the show. Thank you very much. It's been a delight. Also, thank you for wearing this sparkly bring in, bring in a bit of sparkle jacket. <laughs> if anyone wants to see this dream of a jacket we've put a picture on Twitter at Samantha Baines B-A-I-N-E-S and uh, where can people get this jacket? It's from New Look There we go but when we're on the street is there is also one in Primark so <laughs> Really? Yeah <gasps> No So that might be where I head after this <laughs> Stock up on some more sequins Brilliant uh, Lauren Patterson thank you very very much Thank you I shall be back next Thursday uh, with another brilliant guest from the world of comedy and or telly. You can catch up with all the shows uh, via Mixcloud or just search Baines Plus One on iTunes and there's podcasts as well. We, of course, had the brilliant Kate Phillips from The Crown last week, so we talked about lots of gossip from the filming of the Netflix series. I'll see you next Thursday. Keep it Hoxton Radio. Baines Plus One. Thanks for listening to Baines Plus One with me, Samantha Baines. The show is originally recorded on Hoxton Radio and the podcast is sponsored by Penguin in the Room, award-winning marketing for the arts. Go to www.penguininthearoom.com for more info. Don't forget you can follow me on social medias at Samantha Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com forward slash Samantha Baines on Facebook. Please subscribe and leave us a nice review.